0: Coming up on the show, a look at the ways romances end. I sit down with the guy I'm currently dating.
1: I treat you right and I'm a good man.
0: And we negotiate how we'd like our breakup to go down.
1: I mean, do you not want to break up with someone or be broken up with in person, ever?
0: Plus, an imagining of the most intimate thing you can do on a first date.
2: Oh my God, evil Knievel. Smoking a cigarette on the edge of a balcony.
0: (laughs) And Grandma Phyllis will make you cry. Stay with us.
3: My heart is
0: This is Too Much Information. I'm Andrea Salenzi, filling in for the happy newlywed Benjamin Walker, who is off honeymooning in Italy with his beautiful bride. You've heard about her in past episodes of the show. I recommend listening back to their cross-country road trip from the America episode on the WFMU archive. This is the last in the series of four fill-in shows about dating. Next week, Benjamin will return and speak with Alyssa Court, author of Republic of Outsiders, about the power of amateurs, dreamers, and rebels. Tonight is the last in the series. It's all about endings. What's at stake when you love someone? And part of this conversation is also about this fill-in series ending. So let's look back at the journey we've been on for these past three fill-in shows. The first one, we heard me tell my grandma Phyllis. About that time, I tried to get picked up in a bar. It's look at them and say, what a crock. They made fun of my cell phone case. What? I saw, I saw the Asians
4: on the train with
0: that. Really? Um, only Asians had this,
5: this cell phone case?
6: Got it. They, these might be perfectly nice guys if they weren't in the bar bullshitting each other and you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I said weird stuff too. Talk to me like your stepfather. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He's just talk to me like your stepfather.
7: <laughs>
0: like up until now, have you guys ever had like a defining moment as
7: friends?
0: Then my roommate told a story about the time he got his laptop stolen by a girl he brought home, and the whole interview turned just a little confrontational.
1: I don't know. I mean, I have, I have some tats as well. So we were talking about that. I don't think anyone
0: actually calls them tats. Start that over say,
1: I call them tats. What are you talking about? I just call them tats.
0: You sound, you just sound stupid. Just don't call them tats.
1: Why are you telling me I sound stupid? I want
0: you to come off as cool.
1: They're pretty natty tats.
0: And then Jim the Poet asked me out during my interview with dating expert Keir Attic, and we got drinks and recorded the entire date at Rudy's.
8: Well, it was funny because, like, the first time I talked to you after we did the show or whatever. Like, my impression was, oh, uh, here's this woman, and she's really nice, but she's, I don't know, a little shy, maybe a little meek, maybe a little understated or something like that. But she's great, pretty, like, great, amazing, and stuff like that.
6: Meek? Did you just call but me But that's meek? what I'm saying, that
1: you're, you're a tiger!
0: <laughs>
1: How do people not know this about you immediately?
0: But things didn't work out between us, in part because my grandma didn't improve, which she reminded me of last night while we were chatting on the phone about her funeral.
6: And remember what's supposed to be played on my way out? Oh my God, I forgot. The triumphal march from Maida. Okay, evet. got it. Da 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 I da 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 yeah. So, I know. Anyhow. Um,
3: yeah. Uh, well, so I do another radio show tomorrow. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm gonna record tonight for the show tomorrow is talking with the the guy I'm currently dating about yes, how But not
6: the guy Jim. Mm-hmm. That's not the one you're That's dating. Not that forty-year-old loser.
3: He's not a loser. He's a nice guy.
6: He's a nice guy, but he ain't a winner. He's, uh, mm, you know, an also ran.
3: You're a bully.
6: All right. So, who is this guy you're seeing?
3: Uh, his name is Matt, and he works in politics. Uh-huh. He's and, Jewish.
6: Yep. Okay. So, and you're going to record something with him?
3: Yeah, I'm going to record us talking, and uh, him. I'm going to basically come up with a breakup negotiation. So all relationships come to an end, except for the one that doesn't. So chances are this one's going to come to an end at some point. So I want to go over the terms for our breaking up.
6: You really think it's not going to last?
3: Yeah, maybe. I don't.
6: Would you like to it to last? I would,
3: I would be... I don't know. I guess I have to answer that, but... Yeah, but of you're, you're, you You're, to work go, out you're
6: right. going to negotiate the terms of your breakup.
3: Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard how to break up?
6: Yeah. I did. Uh, many, many years ago, I, I, I think I wrote about him, and I may have mentioned him. His name was Zilch. That was his nickname, Zilch. And I met him... While I was in college, he was 10 years older than me. And he was working at the speech and hearing center, uh, installing equipment. And uh, I got to know him, and he was very cautious. He called me for days and days and days and days on a public pay phone in our dormitory. If you can think back before cell phones... Mm -hmm. And people couldn't have phones in their rooms. And he'd call me every day, and I'd stand in the back hall of the dormitory talking into this payphone, this wall-mounted payphone. got to have the whole picture there. My arm is falling off from holding up the the receiver and not having any place to sit. And we would talk, and eventually he asked me out, and uh, we did. And, um... Then he took a job in California. Well, if there's anything that can kill a romance, it's being in California. And of course, I always knew that the age difference was not suitable. I was kind of flattered by it, but I always knew it wasn't suitable. And uh, he was 10 years older than me. Wow. Uh, so, no, I mean, I was 20, and he was 30. And he'd call me from California, but then uh, the calls got very expensive, and he stopped. And uh, I actually broke it up that year. Uh, And one of the reasons uh, that I started going out with Grandpa again was that I came home, and I had broken up with this guy over the telephone in California. And at that point,
0: Grandma's phone line started breaking up. So I'm going to continue the story with help from my co-host. Welcome to the show today, Laura. Hi. You know Laura from uh, Helping Produce uh, 7 Second Delay. So basically, uh, what happens from here is she and Zilch break up, and then she tells Grandpa about it. And when she tells my Grandpa Gil about it, um, he says, well, why can't we date? Why haven't you ever thought of me? And she says, well, you got no sex appeal. They'd been friends since they were eight years old. <laughs> and uh, he go. apparently at that moment, he probably like took her in the, his arms or something. But she tells that story over and over again. And at that point he brought on the sex appeal (laughs) and they (laughs) quickly got engaged Um, although they did wait till marriage and she made a point of uh, telling me all about that over and over and over again I'm sad that cut out I know it was a really good story oh and years later she called Zilch to catch up and you know reflect on the good old times and uh Zilch said he never married wow he never found another love she was she was it for him do we find out why he's named Zilch was a nickname. But do we know why? It's a, it's like, a, part of his last name was probably, oh, okay. like, Zilch Nickel. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm um, just imagining, like, a zero bank account balance kind <laughs> of <laughs> Zilch. Apparently he was an audio engineer in Hollywood. Wow. Um, and she would see his name in the credits all the time. Hmm. So they call up, Zilch says he never remarried, and then years later she gets a call from his nephew, um, saying that Zilch has passed and they he, she was in his phone book, so he thought he would call. And um then years after that, grandma and I are at a psychic and the psychic tells her that there's three hot guys up in, you know, the afterlife waiting for her. So that'd be my grandpa Gil, my grandpa Saul. And she says number three must wow. be Zilch. Yeah. Who who gets the first three hotties in a lifetime too? <laughs> like that's pretty good. and Zilch was an older man, ten years older. So now we're about to hear uh, something that's incredibly intimate. Um, We're about to hear an interview I did in my bedroom with the guy I'm I'm currently dating. Andrea the Brave. (laughs) Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how brave it was. (laughs) It's like the wimpiest thing in the world to be like, I need a breakup agreement. How is this going to end? Tell me now. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, I had him over. I made dinner, some homemade pasta, and uh, he brought the wine, and you talked about how things are going. Um, and this all kind of started, well, you guys will hear it, but. Anyway. How did you couch it to him that you wanted to have this conversation? Oh, well, it started with him saying, oh, your next show's about how things end. Does that mean you're going to break up with me? <laughs> and I said, no, I have this other idea, though. Um, and the, the intro to that was uh, Airbnb. Mm-hmm Okay. Let's. I guess we'll see what that means.
4: Yeah. <laughs> let's. <laughs> uh,
0: let's hear my conversation with Matt recorded in our pajamas. What uh, makes you worthy of this of this honorable position?
1: I treat you right, and I'm a good man.
0: Okay. So Matt and I were just having a moment. And we are looking at a page of Airbnb.com. It's the little cabin in the Catskills that we're thinking about renting.
1: Ferndale. I I believe it's Ferndale.
0: It's in Ferndale. um, That we're considering renting for $80 a night for a little romantic getaway in October.
1: Mm. It's like two months away.
0: And we've been dating for? One month. So, can we make a contract like that? like how do you decide if this is a contract we wanna make? You are for this
1: totally because i I can just tell I mean, I know how what's happened so far, and I can tell I like you and I like you in a way that I don't like other girls and so it's it's not a hard decision for me
0: and i'm hesitating because i don't want i don't want us to feel locked down because of this like if things are supposed to end i want to feel freedom to let them organically end without feeling like we have to make it until the romantic getaway weekend
1: but i don't think of this as a thing that will like if something came up where i was like oh god i have to end this i wouldn't be like but we have that $80 a night cabin up in Ferndale. That's not that's not going to hold me down. Like if we had to end it, I'm sure we could find a way to be like, "Oh, well, you take the cabin." <laughs> you know, it'll be like this is our prenup and uh we'll just have to agree ahead of time who who
0: gets the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who get, who gets the cabin? I don't want I'm not saying I'm going to break up with you right now. You said Thank you. Thanks. When I told you I was doing a show about breakups, you're like, you're not going to break up with me just for the show. Um, no, of course not. But I do like the idea of um, cornering me right now and both of us going over like how we'd like to be broken up with. Hmm. So I so I don't hurt you and you don't hurt me. That's that's what this is about.
1: I mean, I know in the past. The easiest breakups have always been quick and painful, but in person. And I do think I don't know why, but I think it's important to break up with someone in person. you know it's less cowardly, I think
0: I don't know if I agree
1: what you think you you should be able to you should be able to text someone and be like, "Hey, this isn't working anymore you should you'd be able to g chat them and be like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't come over tonight because we're done l o l
0: I just think in person is like so difficult like
1: but you can also be there for some cuz if you're breaking up with somebody especially if you've been together a long time and you actually really care about someone and you're breaking up with them it it's helpful to be there for them at the same time in a perverse kind of way cuz it's you know you're hurting them but you can also be there to help them a little bit in the transition away
0: you wouldn't you wouldn't be helping me at all. I would hate you.
1: For being there when I break up with you?
0: Yeah, you're like the last person I'd want to be comforted by in that moment.
1: And yet maybe one of the only people.
0: No, I when someone breaks up with you, you suddenly go from the energy of like touch me all the time right now to like don't come in with 3 feet of me. This is the Get away. Like, you're the enemy in that moment. Why would I want you anywhere near me?
1: I guess it depends on what the relationship was like leading up to that moment. If you're feeling like that, then I think then the relationship up until that point must have really been going downhill, right? Like, I mean.
0: No, it's like a switch. When you go from you're the person who I, you are my like a close friend of mine who I share a bed with sometimes to like.
1: Is that what relationships are to you?
0: Maybe. <laughs> what are they to you? How's how your different definition different?
1: Well, I mean, that's definitely one level of relationship. I'm sure that's like entry-level relationship 101. You know, we're friends and we also sleep in the same bed. But then presumably... yeah. You know, once, you know, you start introducing topics like love and, you know the possibility of spending the rest of your life with someone.
0: Stop talking. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hit pause right there. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually, I did actually hit pause in the recorder right then, Laura, because um, I realized that I had turned the air conditioning off in the (laughs) room, and I was like sweating, like a lot. And um, the audio engineer and me, like, like gave in and let the human in me turn on the air conditioning (laughs) because it was really
7: hot in there was the audio engineer back now not letting you play more tape with the air conditioner behind it or is that no no actually we we
0: turn on the air conditioning we continued the conversation so all the audio from here on out will have an
7: a nice hum
0: yeah okay it gets louder and quieter (laughs) (laughs) but what do you think about the progress of that conversation well, what did you want out of it? Did you want like
7: a piece of paper? Just a with, you know, terms on it?
0: Well, we already we kind of have terms. We say we're exclusively dating. We don't say we're boyfriend-girlfriend because I'm having a hard time with that title. I haven't had a boyfriend in 3 years. Mm-hmm. It's like the moment you have a boyfriend, you have to get unboyfriended. And like how does that happen? I don't even I didn't even remember how you got boyfriended in the first place. And then now that I'm in it, (laughs) I don't know how you tell people that that's what happened. Um, I don't know how to come out as someone in a relationship to people in my life. So it just seems easier to say, oh, we're just not seeing anyone and maybe this will be something and it's really great. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know,
7: maybe this is a lazy explanation, but maybe because of technology forcing us to label things in our life, that has morphed your brain a little bit. Because I don't remember ever... I mean, I have only, in this relationship that I'm in, made a point to change my relationship status. And that was on an arbitrary day that we both agreed we would do it. And we have chosen it as our anniversary, even though it is not... It was not the beginning point of our relationship or a particularly significant one. It was just the day we were like, oh, we should probably do that. Really? Yeah. And
0: that's your anniversary?
7: Yeah, because there was no other formal one. Because there isn't always, right? And it's sort of the same thing with this. Like, I in previous relationships, I remember moving from person you call a bunch or see out a lot, or make time to hang out with, where one of you just risks it a little and calls the other one that in front of each other, you know, and I also, and then it either takes or it doesn't, right? Either that's the conversation where it's done, or it's just sort of floats and it's okay. And then there's another one, another thing like that a little bit later where it's just assume that you're gonna see each other that weekend because you do every weekend, right? Mm. It's just sort of, that's been my experience. But yeah. I feel like I have also... People don't
0: say... I mean, I guess in your case, you did kind of say, let's be Facebook official. But we were
7: way in a relationship then. <laughs> like, it was a belated uh, change of Facebook status. Like, we were on a long road trip together. It was not... a. F- it was not a risk at any way and it, people commented on it like oh i didn't know <laughs> because it was so obvious we had been on three road you know it was like uh you know it was just yeah. something you had to do we just picked a day to do it because you have to just do it i mean i guess you have to you don't really
0: have so to so things just organically got more serious you didn't have to stop and like talk about it <laughs> and like typically that's typically freak been the case it. for me
7: but yeah. i am also a maybe to a fault one who lets that Happen generally, like I let an environment or a relationship, I take less control than you do, I think.
0: Huh, in it. I guess this, this, what looking back at the audio, like this was really controlling that I, and you're gonna hear like some, well, in this next section, basically what happens is I'm starting to get really tired. it was very hot uh, just a little bit ago <laughs> and i'm like and i just kind of get on this loop of like how do i know how does anyone know if they should be with the person that they're with um and i just i i'm like i sa- i'm d- i feel like i'm in this thing with him and we really like each other and there's no one else i want to hang out with but i don't know why it is Like, it's not that we're, what makes us good or what doesn't. It just seems to be like, my fear is that it's just convenient that this is Mm -hmm. someone who wants to be with me and I would like to be with him. And we both just happen to be single right now. It doesn't feel like there's some larger, greater compatibility where it's like, oh, this man is custom made for me. (laughs) It's just like, this is really nice right now. Yeah. Do you ever feel like someone's custom made for you? Like, out of the, like, God took a chisel and there Mm -hmm. they are. No.
7: I think it would be weird and unfair not that fun. Probably.
0: I don't know. I was looking, we're later going to be talking about our other friend, Laura Mayer. And I was looking at Laura and her partner, Danny. And I just felt like this man was like, someone was at hard at work thinking about her matching puzzle piece. And mm-hmm. that's where he came from.
7: Mm-hmm. I think that that's totally true about them. And I, and a lot of other people, there are perfect matches, but I don't think it's because they are because they fight about not Laura and Danny, but humans fight about things like dishes and in a in your scenario, like even things like that would probably be worked out. Um and even though I feel like I am perfectly matched, we fight about dishes. We fight about we don't fight about dishes. <laughs> we have disagreed we have different ideas. <clears throat> about things like dishes.
0: But like when it comes to like your relationship <laughs> with creativity, how you like to spend your time, yeah. your degree of going out and doing stuff versus staying in, like the stuff you like to listen to, the art you're inspired by, like, I feel like there's larger cosmic things. Yeah. And I don't know how you figure out if that's in place or not, but yeah. it's a process. Yeah, it's an, it's like a negotiation. So I thought I'd just torture Matt with all of these questions <laughs> I was having. I mean,
7: he was down that's something.
0: Yeah, and he just but he like continues to give me back this like kind, reasonable, supportive, we're gonna figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he took things to that terrifying next level. But well, let's let's hear what where okay, the rest I'm ready. of this conversation Let's get terrified. Go.
1: You just seem very hesitant to be in a relationship. I am. And yet here we are, exclusively dating. <laughs>
0: your grin when you say that.
1: I think it's a funny term. I'm,
0: yeah. I'm, I I do, I have, like, I'm not calling you my boyfriend yet. I know. But I do think it in my head sometimes. It's weird.
1: It's okay.
0: I'm just like, uh, yeah, I am hesitant about the, the boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. Just because I feel like once you get in it, you have to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not that, then you don't have to worry about it. Hmm. Okay, I don't want to do interview time anymore. How do we get out of this?
1: Um, we have sex while filming a radio <laughs> show and <laughs> listen to it later. And um,
0: no, I don't think that's gonna happen. Damn. Um,
1: do you like listening to us talk while you're? while we're doing this?
0: No. I All I can think about is all the editing work ahead of me. It's not mm-hmm. that much fun.
7: No. Oh. And well I don't let's turn it off.
0: I haven't made up my mind if we're a cute couple or not.
1: If we're a cute couple? Mm-hmm. Oh, like for the air?
0: No, do for anywhere. Be? For anything.
1: Oh. What do you mean?
0: I don't know, if, like how matched we are.
1: Yeah? From the outside looking in or within...
0: It's probably within imagining the outside we're looking in hmm.
1: I mean I feel like when we're together I feel matched and when we're not together and I want to be with you I feel matched what's left talk to me
0: Feel like, what do I feel like It's just hard to know who you're supposed to be with. Okay. And I feel like when you... I'm just not used to like being with someone and then having to tell my friends and family about that person. It's just like a weird thing where it's like normally that person's a secret and the idea that like that this person could be someone i start introducing to people is like a weird process cuz it's like saying to everyone in your life like here's who i think is good for me
1: hmm you don't want to do that
0: it's like it in my own little world i like just like my own little bubble with you and then not worrying about anything else hmm Now I have to decide if we want to commit to two more months by signing up for this cabin.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. You and do. We're not, I. We're not committing to being together for two more months. We're saying, should we still be together in two more months? We should do this awesome thing. And because unless we're never able to plan in the future because we're always afraid we might not be together in two more months well, then it's kind of going to limit our options about what we can do together. And there's no harm in saying, yeah, well, if we're together in October, we should go to Farmvale, New York, and be in this great cabin. Let's
0: go to Farmdale.
1: Farmvale.
0: Farmvale. I'm open to it. All right, I'm back in the studio on WFMU with my friend Laura. Hey, everybody. What do you... I don't... I'm really... Andrea, we were laughing, I think. We were laughing to, a lot at that. You have just booked the thing. Did you book it? <laughs> yeah, I booked it. <laughs> I'm really
7: glad. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it'll... Yeah, it'll be fun. There's... You can't really screw up a time in the woods and...
7: No. Yeah. Two months also isn't a long time.
0: I guess To so. get to. It's... But it's... T- t- whatever. I i yeah, it's twice what we've been together so sure. far, and there's a lot still to learn together. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you ever know if you write for anyone. And I actually like I'm not p- gonna play the audio from it, but I did talk to Grandma about that, and she gave me like a, this. This was a deal. This was a game changer for me. She was like, Andrea, you're not perfect,
7: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and like no one's perfect. And she's like, and you also never totally know anyone. So good relationship advice from my Grandma. Yeah. That was it is. She's like, I'm so sorry to tell you this. <laughs> You're not <laughs> perfect. You're not going to find someone else who's perfect. Yeah, and that's okay. You know, it's totally fine. Do you ever doubt your relationship with Daryl? No. Never. Because it's just it's just so right. Yeah.
7: I mean, and it's not even <laughs> that it's right or perfect. It's just uh, we met at a good time, and we have similar outlooks and points of view about things and I like, can be, i have you know, we're comfortable with each other. I mean, it's very basic stuff. Plus he's like brilliant and sweet and easy and funny, so
0: <laughs> I like <laughs> he's him. He's got it all.
7: <laughs> yeah. And brilliant, tall. He's sweet. extremely tall. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it is a hard question to answer, but I don't even think it's a question worth asking. <clears throat> because it's not, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you know that something is right or wrong. I, I mean, you just don't do the leveled up thing in a relationship.
0: The, the, the Something I've been, the real like, I mean, what what makes this like hit home for me is um. just like the idea, we're talking about endings today and like, Everything has to end and it's and when it when it does it hurts. And even if like you spend your whole life with someone, everything ends and it's gonna hurt.
7: Right. So you're just averse to the vulnerability
0: yeah. of it.
7: Yeah, like living alone with cats, that would be fine.
0: Yeah. I really like cats.
7: Well and you also have this brilliant example in uh Grandma Phyllis that like even if you've been left alone a couple of times, she's not really alone. She has you and hundreds of friends, and she makes more every day on the bus, she told me this weekend. <laughs> so it's not – and her life is not sad, you know. It's anything no. but.
0: Yeah. Um, well, we have a story from her now, and it's the story of when my grandpa Saul passed away. And it's, it's a heavy one, so get out your tissues um, it's really heavy, actually. And what I love about the story is she goes in and out of talking about, like, just some boring, like, day-to-day logistics and hospital stuff. And, and then it gets really serious. Um, yeah, it's really heavy. And just to remind everyone, Grandpa saw she met him online uh, using a website called classifieds2000.com. And uh, then they had a wonderful seven years together. And they would count their relationship. They would count the months as years. Wow. Um, <laughs> so That's then, amazing. And it made it, it, they would say, oh,
7: we've been together for 15 years. and it had <laughs> only
0: been two. <laughs> it was easier for them that way.
7: Uh, what year did they meet?
0: Oh, my gosh. Like or 1997 like, Wow! Or cool. Yeah.
7: Early days of internet dating.
0: Yeah. And to catch people up, um, Grandpa went in for a heart surgery and... Um, had a hard time recovering. It kind of turned into pneumonia and all this other stuff. And it was kind of an elective surgery. Um, And that was was part of the challenge of this. So, okay, we're going to listen to my grandma
5: now telling the story of the day my grandpa died. The day he died, he told me he was going to die. He told me it was time for the 99-year sleeping pill. And... I denied it, but I shouldn't have because I saw how frail and fragile he was, and I knew that that morning they had needed to give him oxygen. That afternoon, I was very upset, and I was ranting and raving to the uh, charge nurse. We were coming up with all kinds of plans, including I was beginning to wonder if I shouldn't be able to somehow take him home and do that tube feeding myself or have people come in. But uh, early that evening when I walked back up to his room, because I used to spend like 12 hour days there, I walked back up to his room and he wasn't in his bed. I looked for him and he had somehow gotten out of his bed and walked on his own to the bathroom. And I complimented him on the fact that he, was, he had been able to do that without using a walker. And I said, see, you're, you're so pessimistic about it, but this is really very good. Somehow I chose to forget that quite often dying people have a last surge of energy. And in retrospect, that's what it was. He was sitting on the toilet. I went to help him up, and the aide came and said she would take care of him and get him into bed, cleaned up, and uh, start his feeding. And as usual, the minute he would hit the bed, he'd fall asleep. So um, I left, and I went back to the charge nurse and was totally exhausted mentally and physically and uh, we talked some more and it was going to be gangbusters on Monday that things just had to change and I signed out of the hospital at about 7 30 that night went home did some email so I was sending out emails to people rather than talking on the phone ate uh, something, I guess, and uh, took my sleeping pill. I was on the phone with my friend Dorothy. It was about 10 or 10.30, waiting for the pill to take effect. And I said to her, he's going to die. He's just so bad. And during the conversation, the interrupt sounded, and it was a supervisor at the nursing home telling me that he had passed away so i live with regret that i didn't go back up the hall to kiss him good night because i knew he was out i don't know but people say you know people they they always try to say nice things they Suggested that he was just waiting for me to leave so he could die. I don't know. Whatever it is, he died. And I was alone in my apartment, drugged up, called my cousins, who were the only living relatives who were in the city, called his kids, who were staying at my apartment in... Uh, New Jersey, and went downstairs and told the good news to my doorman, good old John. And we sat and we waited together for my cousins to arrive. And we went off to the nursing home to say goodbye. They were very nice. Uh, They moved him into a private sitting room so I could have some moments alone. His body was still warm. I stretched out on the bed next to him and I just held on to him. I really didn't say anything. He knew I loved him. I told him that every single day. And I knew he loved me. We were not perfect people, but as I joke, we were perfect for each other. And uh, I had uh, eight years we were married. One year we fooled around. That was kind of fun. We traveled. We had some good times. I've almost forgiven him for insisting on having that second heart operation. But he knew more about his body than I did, and he knew... He was a smart man. At least I didn't have to deal with somebody comatose or Alzheimer's out of his head. Uh, I didn't have to sit next to his bed praying for him to die to be released from the agony. He was lucid to that last minute. I'm grateful for that. That's about all I can say about that.
0: All right, this is a special fill-in show for Too Much Information. My name's Andrea, and I'm here with my friend, Laura. Hi. And that was my grandma, Phyllis, talking about the day my grandpa Saul died. It was beautiful. I don't know how you move on from that. Yeah. From that piece of audio or that moment in (laughs) your life. Either one. Both. Um, I think you forged ahead without thinking about it. Yeah. I did. It is. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. But she's back on
7: Match.com, people. Send your grandpas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Grandpas. uh, Feel free to email andrea (laughs) at (laughs) freemusicarchive.org. (laughs) <laughs> um, but only the best grandpas. Yeah. As you can tell, she deserves the best grandpa. It's true. Ugh. Um, so now for the last leg of our journey for this special ending show. I have a really well-suited story coming <laughs> up for you that Laura and I worked on together. And that's a real reason you're here is we yeah, want to tell people about what we did.
7: Crazy weekend.
0: We participated in the KCRW radio race. Um, do you want to tell us what that is? Sure. Like cue this up? Um, it's a
7: challenge where you enter with a small team, and they send you a theme in the morning on a day, and then you have 24 hours from then to turn in a piece up to six minutes on that theme, and it was nonfiction, and you had to create all of the audio within that 24-hour period. That Basically, you had to create all the audio there. And then the halfway through, they give a little additional bonus if you include this thing you'll get bonus points thing which i think we actually omitted but the theme this year well this is the first year they've done it and it was the last thing you'd expect meaning that's actually that was actually the theme theme. um so do we want to talk about well we went on all sorts of paths to get to what
0: we were gonna do
7: yeah we we (laughs) we tried it we had a couple of failed false starts um, there was a period where Andrea was, I, I don't know if you're <laughs> familiar with the broadcast option um, on OKCupid, but she put up a message, a very, pro- well, <laughs> I wouldn't say very
0: provocative, but somewhat provocative it message. It said, come on over and tell me your best story. Come mm-hmm. to my place and tell me a great story. <laughs> and she got 50 messages in
7: two minutes. We just, Um, they just, it
0: was like, my phone was like, buzz, buzz, buzz. Yeah.
7: So that's how you do it. If you have no standard for what the dude is on the other end, women of America, use the broadcast (laughs) option. You will meet someone. I can't, I don't know if they'll be good. They probably will not be based on the phone calls that we made to half of them. (laughs) After that. Anyway, there were no stories there. <laughs> the worst thing we did is I I said I was at a coffee shop and we never <laughs> went to that coffee so shop. So who knows how many, you know,
0: I hope two lonely guys found each other on. there. I hope they both just could compare notes and, and talk about how lonely they were together. Well, I like the idea of them walking around the the little coffee shop,
7: pointing at every woman and going, Andrea? Andrea? Andrea <laughs> Are Are you?
0: Andrea. Yeah. And then none of them. My favorite guy I was corresponding with that day was hot boy bushwick (laughs) yeah (laughs) hello beautiful i have a story you would love hearing trust me (laughs) i already don't d i'm anthony hit me up i'll be right there of star 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 true btw you are beautiful in my eyes (laughs) oh yeah
7: right which we realized (laughs) is something that dudes tend to well (laughs) i mean lunkheads say that
0: but um, he, it's also no matter not a compliment. what anyone says, I find you beautiful. You, yeah, Despite it's not all a compliment. Those other you're beautiful
7: in my eyes. You know, it's yeah. not a compliment. Stop saying it.
0: Um, okay. You're, by the way, you're beautiful in my eyes. I'll show when you're looking in them. Age, you hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Also, and his then, profile is a thing of beauty. Oh my god, I can't. I'll try to get it up on the playlist to, page later. Yeah, but. good call.
7: We don't need to read it aloud. <laughs>
0: um, but wait, he goes, what's your number? And then I was like, this is a real story, blah, blah, Let me know. And then I was like, OK, so what's your number? And he gave me his number. And then we just never. Right. I, tr- I ended up calling lots of people, but this was not one of the paths we went what down. A disappointment. Well, it's not too late. And then if hours have- later, why you wanted my numb if not responding <laughs> or calling? <laughs> Good question, bad boy Bushwick. So I wrote back, "I'm spam." I thought that would like make him <laughs> feel better. <laughs> like maybe this whole time I've been spam. And then question mark question mark What you mean by spam? Oh, <laughs> He's never heard of spam. bad at internet. What you mean yeah. by spam?
7: He confused. <laughs> 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 Listen. If we have ten extra minutes at the end, maybe we should need we to give him, him a call. I, I apologize for being spam.
0: Oh Do man. him the public
7: service of explaining what spam is.
0: I know how to work the dump button. This
7: could be great. True. You will need it, based I, on what I read on his profile.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. Something so we to, to th- keep in mind. Yeah. I, it's not a big deal. <laughs> we went down all these paths, and um, one of the paths was um, uh, going by a friend's apartment, hearing a breakup story. Mm-hmm. One of the paths. Um. We had... There were a lot of ideas.
7: Oh, staging a heist. Oh, yeah. This was a good one. We... I knew about a barbecue and a birthday party, separate happenings the same day. And I thought if we needed emergency group audio with a bunch of interesting people, that we could go to one of those. Andrea brilliantly thought we could show up, ask to record, and then pretend to kidnap everyone at the party. It's really the last
0: thing they'd expect. Truly.
7: A party goer does not expect to be taken hostage at a daytime barbecue.
0: We're here to do a radio story. (laughs) Get down. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your wallet. (laughs) We'd spring break them. (laughs) Spring breakers.
7: Yes. um, So we didn't do that. (laughs) Um, There were many other ideas. There were... We... Uh, what else do we Well we eventually started down this path We hung on to the word nonfiction, Which it turns out Was sort of a loose definition that I think they said it should be mostly true Which um, Then we started looking at local news Which is Rife with stories obviously And mm, Do we want to say size. what we want, do we want How specific do we want to get now I think that we can Not get more specific if you want,
0: yeah, I think yeah. I, want, I want. I think I want you guys to have a, a process of figuring this out in your head. Yeah, and then we'll tell you more about our research process. Cool. After we hear it. Uh, maybe play a few more entries from the contest. but this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do that first or do you want to play ours first? I think ours first. Okay, cool. Maybe. Let's do it, yeah. Because otherwise good. they'll I'm just excited. look so bad in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Which they do. <laughs> um, also, if you hear the story and you're wild about it and you want to share it wi- widely, I have the link to the SoundCloud of the story up on our WFME playlist page. Yeah. Without further ado, here is our entry f- that we produced in just 24 hours for KCRW's Radio Race around the topic the last thing you would ever expect. Steve? Jennifer, right? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Good <laughs> to see you. I
2: never know if I should hug or shake hands.
4: Have you been waiting here long?
2: It's no problem. I'm I'm basically a I'm a professional waiter. I mean, that's already a job, but you know what I mean. Well,
4: what do you what do you mean?
2: I mean like I've waited for dates before I know how to wait. Okay. So don't worry, is what I mean.
4: Okay. Well, you work in real estate, right?
2: Yeah, and you're in ads, right? What yeah, I'm an
4: advertising executive.
2: Okay. I, I just gotta stop this for a second. I gotta ask you how in the world you're single because you're oh. like the most beautiful person of any kind I've ever talked to. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Really,
4: a person of any kind? Well
2: Anywhere. I, I talked to a... I saw a model once... The, the Did point, you get
4: a real good
2: look? You know, I don't know what kind of model she was. The point is, she was very, She was like the sort of thing you see in a magazine, and she doesn't hold a candle to you. Oh, thank you. Uh,
4: it's, it's hard. It's hard to be so busy. Sure. Um, and also, I mean, I'm divorced. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: I don't want to freak you out or anything. I've been a little bit of a serial dater recently but it's not because of me it's because of the circumstance No, no, i I know how it looks
4: what's the circumstance you got an internet connection and a and a picture of you smiling it's
2: just easier than it used to be to go on a bunch of dates Uh and uh
4: you know i hope this isn't weird but i've been on so many first dates this year and i don't care if you have cousins uh, I don't really wanna know about your dog's name.
2: Well, okay, so what do, you, what do you have in mind?
4: What do you think happens when we die?
2: Oh, wow, you weren't kidding. Huh? Uh, you know what, I don't, I don't think about that much. When I was a kid, I thought about it all the time, but I don't think about it much. What
4: do you, why
2: not? I kinda of feel like like nobody I know is gonna die.
4: You know, the only person I've known who's died has been my grandmother, and I think that when she went, she was ready to go. So I think it's like when you finish a life, you go and you start something new, a new journey somewhere.
2: Like moving to Portland.
4: (laughs) I would never.
2: Yeah, but just for instance, like moving to another place.
4: Maybe another planet. It's
2: like there's a bunch of uh, grandmas on Jupiter. Yeah. So like, what do you think would make you ready?
4: I would not mind having a little more money and a lot more clothes. But basically, you know, I traveled everywhere. I accomplished everything I want. All I'd really like to do is just to live forever like this.
2: You mean on this date?
4: Yeah. Almost I
2: wouldn't mind. I'll be putting some cards out there. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing this. I don't know about forever, maybe 100 years. 100 years? Yeah. I'll take a 100 years.
4: If you uh, can do it for another 100 years, why don't you at least come back to my apartment and I'll show you the view?
2: Thanks for inviting me up. Cheers. I gotta tell you, I think this is one of those nights. That you'll remember forever.
4: Oh, that's sweet.
2: I know it's not over. I hope it's not over yet.
4: Yeah. Well, I just wanted to bring you up here. It's really beautiful.
2: Yeah, it's a great apartment.
4: When I saw this balcony, I knew I had to take it. It's so rare to find outside space in New York. I like to sit up here during the sunrise or the sunset to look at the East River. The building was built in the 1930s. It reminds me sort of of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I like to come up here and... Think of Audrey Hepburn. And now you know an embarrassing fact about me.
2: Oh, that's not embarrassing. Oh, I pretend I'm Audrey Hepburn all the time.
4: (laughs) You don't get those kind of beauties anymore.
2: No, I guess not. Get uh, Anne Hathaway. No. I think that's the closest we get. I agree that we don't get. No, no one touches Audrey Hepburn. Or maybe you're the closest we have.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, stop. Stop.
2: Oh my god, evil Knievel Smoking a cigarette on the edge of a balcony.
4: <laughs> we live in this vertical city where there are always heights below us. Yeah,
2: exactly, and we forget how dangerous they are. They're like trains. It's like the subway. It's like those all those subway deaths. We forget that these things are lethal.
4: I think you just get used to it.
2: Right now you're you're engaging literally more dangerous behaviors than I ever have in my whole life combined. <laughs> Look, that thing looks unstable. Maybe no, we'll get to. No, I do
4: it all the time. So, how early do you have to get up tomorrow morning?
0: <laughs> this piece was produced by Like Like Radio as part of the 24 Hour Radio Race from KCRW's Independent Producer Project.
2: 35-year-old Jennifer Rossoff was on a date at about one o'clock this morning. A neighbor said the victim was sitting on the railing of her 17th floor balcony when it suddenly buckled and then gave way. Her body landing on scaffolding just outside her building on East 57th Street.
5: The 35-year-old was on a first date smoking a cigarette in the outdoor space just before one this morning. Even though her date reportedly asked her not to do it, authorities say Rosov sat on the balcony railing. Everybody loved her. My children thought she was hung on the moon. She did charity work. I just talked
3: to
6: her yesterday. We're just in shock.
0: And that's it. Sure is. Um, so tell us on the WFMU playlist page what you think of our entry in KCRW's twenty-four hour radio race. Um, I'm looking at your comments now, and we'd love some feedback. Yeah. What, what I've been hearing just really mixed stuff. Yeah. Like I, some people realize about halfway through that this is based on a real news story, which it is. And have a hard time listening. Yeah. Some people thought this was real.
7: Yes, I emailed it around if we were finished. And I got a couple of responses back. Like, how did you get this audio? How did you do that? And it's it's a reenactment. I think we called it an imagining. Um, But we did use a lot of uh, first... Well, we used a lot of news reports. We used details from... Uh, the reporting on the funeral like a lot of what Jennifer says is things that her family said she said and things like that and uh, all the details that she says are true and the circumstances are totally true
0: so there was there was this one line where she said all I want is where she says, all I want is more money more clothes and to live forever and that was a
7: yeah that was from a letter she had written one of her cousins that one of her cousins wrote or read at her funeral service uh, um. Yeah. And we would just were, I mean, Laura, our other producer, was obsessed with the story. She followed it very closely. Um, and it's a story, I mean, it's a very New York-y story. It's a very, like, <clears throat> strikes a chord with women, you know, dating women in the city, too. But I feel for the guy, also. Like, I can't imagine. I When I was looking through the archival for that little montage at the end, I was really hoping that there was a description of what he had done after he left, which, which which was in some of the tabloid stories, which was run through the lobby screaming my friend, my friend fell, which is Ugh. unimaginable. And it's his neighborhood, too. They live very close to each other in that neighborhood. So, can he, you know, a lot of questions for that man. I feel for him so much. Um, and for her family, of course.
0: Yeah. On the playlist page, Danny D says, makes for hell of a story for that guy's next date. Yeah, we were talking about that. Like... Will he tell this story? No. When
7: can he go on a date again? Ugh. It's so hard <laughs> to <laughs> imagine.
0: imagine. Yeah. Um, Greg says that story was a bait and switch in the oh. level of From Dust Till Dawn. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and the glowing one observed that the guy sounds like he has a cold, <laughs> and <then> she <laughs> said, <laughs> and he said, at least you didn't catch the cold from that guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just a heavy one. Like if we, if I comb the, the other submissions to the the 24 hour radio contest, all entries created in just 24 hours after that prompt, you know, some of them are really hard to listen to for other reasons (laughs) because
9: they're (laughs) terrible.
0: Um, there's, there's one I do like, and I'm just going to give you guys a quick teaser. This is, um, the letter by Dennis Conroe.
9: A few months ago, I bought this old house in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. It was built in 1902, and it's one of those huge three-story houses that has a lot of history. Over the years, many people have lived in this house. The neighborhood has changed from rich to poor and back again more than a few times. I'm in the middle right now of restoring the house back to its 1900s glory, but with a few modern conveniences. For example, last week, I cut a hole in the ceiling to install a new light fixture, which meant running wires through the walls and down to the basement. I was standing on a bucket to reach the place where the stone foundation meets the wood sill plate. I slipped a little and wound up moving a rock, and beneath that rock was a letter. It was old. The handwriting looked antique, and parts of the letter had been damaged by time, rats, water, or human hands, and pages were missing, so it was a bit disjointed. I called out to my roommate, and together we read it. I was expecting some kind of sweet, innocent letter from a soldier to his sweetie back home, but what I found was something much, much different. Maybe I should just read it. Here's a transcription of what we found. Sunday afternoon. Dear pretty
10: Since I last saw you, I moved to the country, and it is sure dead out here. You know, when I lived in the city, we used to have some dandy times and wild parties. And now, when I get close to a boy, I get so nervous. And if a man is around, mother jumps in. Lately, Mother never misses a chance to cheat on Father. For instance, the other day, a good-looking man came to our door and asked for Father. He said he was a lodge brother and a very good friend of Father's.
2: Hello, miss. Is Oswald at home. I'm George Clegg, and I'm in the Elks' Lodge with your husband. I hate to trouble you, ma'am, but, you know, with the stock market and all,
9: I'm kind of broke. I wondered if you could show me a little bit of kindness.
10: Mother invited him to dinner, and he accepted
9: well, thank you very much, miss. As my roommate and I read the letter, we didn't really know what to think. It was a lot less innocent than I was expecting.
10: Later, while getting dinner ready, the stranger had...
9: And it does get way less uh,
0: innocent. <laughs> um, I, it's one I recommend you guys all head over to the KCRW 24-hour radio race and take a listen to. But don't listen to anything else so. all. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Those are the two best ones. <laughs> yeah.
0: What? A, what? A, we heard. Um. We heard lots of people who would tell a story, and then there'd be a record scratch, mm-hmm. and then a, a lot of sound. Surprise. Effects, generally, we went to a bar. Glug 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 glug.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. I. I mean. I'm. It was a great idea for a contest. <laughs> yeah. It got a hundred people to do a thing over 24 hours, and they did a cool thing. They kept a constantly updating
0: Facebook group, which was. Nice to check in with. Um, agreed. And it, and it made radio making seem kind of cool. Yeah. Which has been kind of a, the fun of this experience. Totally. Of doing this show and having you here, making that story with you. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Andrea. What a pleasure this has been. Um, thanks for coming on. I really My pleasure. Glad. So uh, that's all for today's show. I'm Andrea Lindsay and I've had a blast filling in these past four weeks for Benjamin Walker. Let me know what you thought of the shows we've done, and I'll keep you in the loop about future radio I'm making. My email is andrea at freemusicarchive.org, or you can find me at Andreas Lindsay on Twitter. You're listening to WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, online at wfmu.org, and in Rockland County at 91.9 FM. Stay tuned for Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
8: Rose. Listening to WFMU, and it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Coach Longlegs with the track. All you have to do is try. And thank you so much, Coach Longlegs, for mentioning Nardwar and Lisa Marr. And actually, Nardwar and Lisa Marr are people. Yes, I'm Nardwar to Human Serviette. But to help explain who Lisa Marr is, we have a special guest on a Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Hello, are you
11: there, special guest? I am here. Who... Are you? I'm Mark Kleiner, and thank you for having me on, Nardwar. It was just reminding me, uh, as you mentioned that song, the uh, Danger Danger rap song. You went from Ellie Guns to Enough's Enough, and you partied with Poison on the back of their bus. Remember? Yes, you've
8: taught me so much about metal and stuff, but first, who are you exactly? Could you move a bit closer to the mic, and could you tell the people the importance of them mentioning Nardwar and Lisa Marr?
11: Well, Lisa Marr is a much-loved uh, fixture, uh, songwriter, Uh, the leader of Cub from the 1990s here in in Vancouver. I mean, and and of course, Nardwar is you. And so... um what do you want me to say? Well,
8: I guess I was just saying you've been on the Nardwar to Human Survey at radio show a few times, but your mic technique is terrible, <laughs> Mark. Could you like, maybe just like turn like you turn it and then get a bit close uh, okay, to the mic? Okay,
11: into the diaphragm yes, of the mic? Yeah, exactly. How's that? Is that better?
8: That's very much better. Maybe we should do this all over again. Hello, Mark. Uh, hello. Uh,
11: hello, Nardwar. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here.
8: Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark Kleins Kleiner. And Mark, you've taught me quite a bit about metal. At first,
11: I only like punk rock. How did I meet you? How did I meet you? Actually, we met just down around the corner here 22 years ago, I believe. In fact, in 1991, I had written an article on the monkeys for Disorder magazine. It was the 25th anniversary of the Monkees. Uh, and I was just commenting it how uh, the 25 year was not getting as much attention as the 20 year. And uh, it, was, it was an okay article. It had a picture of Davy Jones poolside in Speedos and other highlights. And so that was sort of how you knew I had an interest in 60s stuff. So we just kind of bonded on that. Shortly thereafter, we were interviewing uh, the Strawberry Alarm Clock. Uh, remember that?
8: You hooked me up with an interview with the Strawberry yes, Alarm yeah, Clock.
11: Clock. Exactly, yeah. I did a separate interview, and you, you, you talked with them. They wouldn't spill the dirt for me, but they would for you. That's what I recall about that. And we had a lot of fun. And then what, where did it go from there? I, I guess heavy, uh, 1993, I think we began to have conversations about uh, the state of hair metal. And I just uh, suggested to you that hair metal was the true punk rock in the early 90s. And uh, you agreed, and so we interviewed Slack Toxic Slick Toxic. And it um, and was
8: a rumor that they were going to change your name. Their it was a Canadian heavy metal band, Slick Toxic. Yes. And you heard there was a rumor to capitalize on the grunge punk movement, they were going to change your name to Slack Toxic. Exactly, exactly, Which we still kind of think about every time we
11: say the name of their band. It's true. It's true, we do. And they had just released a very grunge, uh, inflected album, uh, which uh, I Hate My Manager, wasn't that one of them? I Want to Blow My Manager Away was one of the songs. They had actually, we, we told a story and asked them about that. Their bass player from the first album, Doing the Nasty, they were kind of like, the Canadian Guns N' Roses. Uh, The night of the Juno Awards, they took the the EMI company limousine, the bass player at the wheels, and they... Uh, I believe they took out a bunch of cars and they, they, they crashed the limousine and all the royalties from the first album were basically spent uh, on the, the ensuing mess. So the bass player was canned and then they made this uh, grunge album and uh, not a lot happened to them after that, although they may be reuniting, I don't know. So
8: And of course you love Danger Danger, so eventually we had to do an interview with Danger Danger. And again, that couplet is
11: one of your favorites, isn't it? Well, I think you've you've dropped it a few times too. Um, it's it is on the Second Danger of Danger album. Uh, the kind of a rap song they do on there. And so Bruno Revels kindly spoke to us and told us about uh, No Dice Records. And um, yeah, we t- we talked to him. We talked to a whole bunch of metal luminaries. We spoke twice with Janie Lane. Uh, extended interviews once. I remember they were in Kentucky on tour, touring the ultraphobic album, and then they came up to uh, Surrey, BC, and I think we attended that show. You were at that show. As well, right? Um, yes,
8: I remember Janie Lane saying to the audience, "I've never heard twenty-seven people make this much noise."
11: That, okay, that was Donny V. That was Enoughs Enough at the same bar, Stuart oh, Baker. sorry,
8: I got the two bands mixed up. Yeah, I'm
11: sorry about but, that. But warrant had a lot more people out at the show. Uh, Enoughs Enough did had a very small small crowd, but uh, it was a it was an awesome night. That's when we we spent the rest of the night on the Enoughs Enough tour bus, uh, swapping tales with. Uh, Donnie and um, and Chips Enough, who actually after the interview sent you a thank you postcard, right? In days when you didn't get a lot of thank yous, it was incredible to get somebody having something sent to me, especially just for doing an
8: interview, especially from a double tinged rock band name like Enoughs Enough, Danger Danger. You introduced me to these bands again because you're like, Hey Nardwar, Rancid, Punk is popular.
11: What's the true underground in the mid nineties? Right, right. I think it was it was it was, was second tier, double named. Right, it was like danger danger enough see enough it's kind of like that uh that that uh you know double double monikered right
8: and you introduced me to the monkeys Mm -hmm. again if people want to well this interview you did with warren where can people hear it check out nardware.com and also you can check out my interviews with the monkeys you set me up with mickey Dolan's too you always know this stuff
11: like usually when you do an interview you approach a publicist but you just know don't you mark you just know well, M- Mickey was in in uh, Vancouver in 1991 filming a game show called Acting Crazy, and I'd received a post. This was this was the pre-internet era, so I'd receive a postcard from Maggie McManus of Monkey Business Fanzine saying he would be in town, and I called up the game show, the producer, and she basically just I asked if I could come in and sit in the audience, and she basically blew me off, and so I let you know, and so we turned up at the uh, at the studio, and uh, you asked Mickey Dolan's a bunch of questions, and uh, for a
8: guy that doesn't know a lot about the monkey monkeys you sure, sure know, know a lot, lot about, about, about the monkeys, monkeys. Yes. and i knew a lot about the monkeys because of you mark kleins kleiner